Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for being here with me today. And I am so excited that you are joining me to learn all about how to pick the best florals to showcase your wedding style. So let's begin with blooms. For those that don't know me, hello, welcome. I'm Nicole Gilbride, the owner and lead designer of Beholden Blooms. We are based in Woodford County, Kentucky, and we're a boutique wedding and event floral design business specializing in distinctive and modern floral designs. Today, I wanna to help you learn more about wedding florals so you can select the best arrangements, wearables, and installations to showcase your wedding style. Today is all about educating you in the types of florals that are most commonly used for weddings and helping you navigate conversations with your florist. I'll also have my contact info at the end of today's presentation, but if you ever have a question or want advice, please feel free to just reach out, slide into my DMs, I'd love to help you. I also always joke that wedding planning is a lot like buying your first house. You see other people do it, you generally know what's involved, or at least what the hopeful outcome is, but until you're buying a house, you really have no idea about escrow payments and what to do with inspection results. Well, weddings work a lot the same way. You may be surprised by the bar options or the cake options, or you might be overwhelmed with questions about guest counts and boutonnieres. So I'm hoping to be here to help you navigate this new process as much as possible. Today, we're going to cover why flowers are such an important aspect of your design. I'm going to help you understand the components of floral design for weddings, and we're going to talk about the awkward topic, budgets and pricing. Now, flowers are one of the most impactful elements of your design. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a florist. Every vendor you talk to will tell you this, whether it's a DJ that's reminding you that music is going to set the tone for your evening, or if it's your dress designer telling you that your dress is gonna be that iconic thing that you'll always remember and take home about your wedding day. So many wedding components are so important to have as part of your design, part of your overall feel, and that's why we're encouraging you to sit down and figure out how important flowers are for you and your day. I know it's impossible to prioritize between so many things that are so important, but some of that is necessary to help you determine what's most important for you and what's most important for your budget. If you are all about having that like Pinterest worthy, Instagram worthy wedding, then maybe photos and photography and design and florals might be where you wanna spend your budget. Now, if you're the kind of person that wants to just party all night long, you might say, Meh, I'm not that worried about photography and florals. I wanna prioritize a band or karaoke or maybe having an open bar. Only you can make that decision, but there is going to need to be some prioritization so you can focus your time and energy on the elements that are most important to you. Now, if you decide that event design and style are important for you and your vision, 
then I'm here to tell you that florals play a big role in bringing that whole look and feel together. They are going to be so important to, to determine what your day looks like and how your guests feel in your space. Flowers are here to tell your story, to bring your style and your vision together for your big day. Now, if you're early in the planning process, now is a great time to start figuring out what your style is. I am not going to walk you through all the different styles that are available to you, mostly because Pinterest already has that covered. But I can tell you that flowers will help you convey that style to your family and friends. Now, the four images I've shown you on the screen here are all of the same model at the same venue. And that just goes to show you how much attire, florals, dress, and photography can, can really help determine what your overall wedding is going to look and feel like. So whether you're going for something like the top right image, uh, which is more of like a traditional regal historical vibe, or the top left boho bridal vibe, flowers can tell that story. If you want something like the bottom right, which is more of like a classic preppy natural inspired look, or something on the bottom left, which is more avant-garde and modern, your flowers are going to help you share that vision with your friends and family. So this is your homework. Start Googling, find words that mean something to you or that are attached to the images that you tend to like. Maybe it's boho or modern, rustic, elegant, timeless, Regency, old world, whatever it is you want and love, start looking for a florist in your area that has work that looks like the image you're going for. Now, flowers are also great for transforming spaces. So this image that you see on the screen is also from that same venue as the last slide. It's all done at the Speed Art Museum in Louisville, which is one of my favorite venues. But here you can see we've made a modern art museum look like a spring garden. So flowers are really going to help you take your wedding guests to a different destination if that's something you're looking to do. Now, once you've decided a bit about the look you're going for, you're probably going to schedule a consultation with a local florist. And this is where I really want to help you today. So I want you to understand what some of the most common wedding florals include, and you can kind of organize your ideas and thoughts around what florals you might want for your big day to help you convey your style. So let's get into the aspects of floral design for weddings. First up is what we in the industry call wear and carries or wearables. These are things like this beautiful bouquet that this bride is holding in this image. Wear and carries, as you probably guessed, are things that you either wear or things that you carry. We're talking about bouquets, boutonnieres, flower crowns, floral clips, corsages, floral rings, etc. I personally love wearable flowers. It's a passion area for me, so I'm really into designing things like floral earrings, floral rings, flower tattoos, floral cuffs, but these are all the little things that you'll order that do tend to add up quickly when we talk about your bottom line. 
Depending on your bridal party size and other floral components, my brides spend on average 25 to 45% of their floral budget on wearing carries, which leads me to my first takeaway tip. Your bridal bouquet is the most photographed thing at your wedding besides you and your beloved. So don't wince at spending money on that bridal bouquet to get the blooms, shape, and design that you want. Now, I'll tell you this floral takeaway tip is that you can skip some of those other pieces. You know, those are things that are more traditional that maybe your mother or your grandmother says, oh, we need to have a boutonniere for all of your grandfathers and your uncles, or, you know, every woman in the family needs to have a corsage. And I'm not saying if that's important to you, go ahead and do it. But that is a way that you can save some money. I think of florals, wearables, kind of like when you go to Ikea or Target and you're hitting up the one spot and you put 20 things in your cart and that $12.99 thing here, the $19.99 thing there, the $23.99 thing there, and all of a sudden you're checking out and your cart is $700. That's what floral wear and carries can be like. So if you're a traditionalist and you want every usher and grandfather and grandmother to have a boutonniere or a corsage, you do you. But if your budget is tight and you want to have a floral installation or something bigger or more impactful in another space, you may want to consider scrapping some of the boutonnieres and corsages for everyone but the groom because I'm here to tell you, I promise, most people won't notice or care. So now that we've covered wear and carry items, let's talk about centerpieces. I personally love centerpieces. I love setting a table. I love having a linen and a charger and all the other beautiful things that make a great tablescape. So this is an area of floral design that I'm passionate about. And I will say, as important as flowers are here, Linens, plates, chargers, glassware, chairs are all part of the package that really brings that look together. So you want to make sure you're doing your design components commensurate with each other so that you don't have like beautiful Chivari chairs and, you know, a mason jar centerpiece. You want to make sure things are pretty compatible with each other. Now, there are so many unique options available for centerpieces. But the ones I'm showing here are the four most common ones that we see or get requests to create. So we're going to go from the most affordable to the most expensive, and we'll start off with candles and greenery. This is a classic look, and I think it looks lovely on a long rectangular table. What I will say is you should ask your florist, your event space, your planner, or your day of coordinator if they offer candles and candle holders and what it might cost to rent them. It may seem simple and affordable to just, I don't know, buy 50 clear glass vases at the Dollar Tree, but there's a lot more that goes into candles and glass rentals than you might think. And there is labor associated as well. So ask about this option and recognize that greenery and candles, although they can be more affordable, they are not free. Next up is bud vases. 
I personally love, love, love designing with bud bases. I think it's really unique. I think it helps fill the space. It brings interest to your table and it keeps the conversation level low so that guests can still talk over each other and really spend time with each other at the table. And these are one of my favorite things to do for weddings. And it often involves renting bases from your florist to use for these arrangements. Now, and those covered the, the top and bottom on the left column. So if we go over to the right column, I also just want you to remember that with all of these things, it isn't just the price of the arrangement. It's sourcing the right combo to capture your vibe. It's placing it on the table, getting the candles in the cylinder or arranging the blooms. It's cleaning them out after the wedding, storing them. So before you decide, oh, I'm gonna DIY some bud bases or I'm gonna DIY candles, just make sure you're thinking about all the different components that go into it and the time and labor that are involved. And you might decide, you know what, I think I'd rather just pay somebody else to deal with all of that. So up next in that top right corner is the classic centerpiece. These are the centerpieces you all know and love. They may be round or they may be elongated, but these are the tried and true things that people put on a reception table. And as a fun tip, I always recommend my brides to try and negotiate to get in a few votive candles to put around these arrangements. It can really bring a little bit of like sparkle and magic and light to your centerpieces and really make them pop more. So last, but certainly not least, are elevated centerpieces. And these things are a beast. Uh, they are large and cumbersome. They are a little bit tricky to transport and they typically require some on-site finishing steps once they're placed at the venue. So these typically involve a rental fee for the stand itself, the arrangement goes on, and they also will have a lot of blooms and foliage in them, depending on your design style. So that's why they are so much more expensive. They are typically three or four times the size of a traditional reception centerpiece, and sometimes the cost will reflect that. So all of that brings me to tip number two, and that's it always comes down to multiplication. So from my perspective, as much as it matters which type of arrangement you go with, what's going to make or break you at the end of the day is how many of them you need. Unless you're doing a micro wedding with maybe two or three tables, the multiplication is what's going to kill you. If you're getting a traditional centerpiece for $150, that's an affordable price for one arrangement. But when you have 20 tables, that's gonna add up really quickly. On the other end of that, if you have $500 for like a huge floral arrangement, it's a big floral orb, that looks beautiful. But if you have 10 tables, your price is going to skyrocket. So this gets back to what every planner and coordinator is gonna tell you. Know your numbers, be smart, think really thoroughly about what you wanna get out of your day and how many people you wanna share your day with. The more guests you have, the more tables you'll have. The more tables you'll have, the more flower or centerpiece options you'll need. 
And I wanted to give you one more little extra tip, which is one thing that I suggest to a lot of my brides that are trying to be budget conscious. And that is to have an assortment of centerpiece options. If a bride I'm working with loves those huge floral orbs that are just flowers, very little greenery, filled with roses, I might suggest that they go with maybe three of those for their head table and then do maybe four classic centerpieces around the dance floor and then finish out with the other 13 tables and just greenery and candles. That way they'll have photos with that lovely big lush look from the pictures that are taken around the dance floor and of the head table, but they don't lose their whole budget on one line item. Okay, so now let's talk about our favorite Pinterest item, installations. Now, I'll be honest, when I got married a decade ago, I know, I'm aging myself, these things weren't even really a thing. Maybe some famous designer like David Tutera would do some fancy installation on a TV show, but most people, most of my friends, we didn't even know what installations were, we just had maybe one or two altar arrangements and we called it a day. So let's just say it's kind of a good thing that I'm not getting married anymore. So when we think about installations, the sky and Pinterest are the limits. We can install something on a small welcome sign. We can do something in the reception like you see in the top right image. We can do a larger installed arrangement like an aisle marker like you'll see in the bottom right. And we can do something hanging from the ceiling or a chandelier like you see in the bottom left. Now the top left picture shows me putting in a ceremony installation. And that's my big reminder for you. Installations are labor intensive because someone like me has to be on site to install them. Which leads me to my final takeaway tip. Bigger installations have a bigger impact, but that impact isn't just on your design, it's also on your budget. Installations can be expensive. They typically involve on-site assembly, they're labor intensive, I almost always bring at least one design assistant with me to do them, and they often involve a lot of blooms. There may be a larger truck rental associated with bringing them in. We might need to rent a scissor lift to get something in place. Anything beyond just a small, simple swag on an existing arbor is where things are going to increase in price. So I'm not discouraging you from doing them. As a florist, I love making installations. I just want you to go in eyes wide open. You will probably spend one third of your budget on an installation if you decide to do one. But they are amazing and they make for some beautiful images and they are very impactful. So 10 out of 10 recommend, just go in with your eyes open. And that is the perfect segue into our final topic today, budgets and pricing. Let's just say I saved the best for last. So first, I wanna talk about numbers in general. So these numbers I'm showing on the screen come from brides.com this year, and they reflect the latest and greatest trends. And if you look at that dusty rose and lavender color in the bottom left, 
you'll see that flowers and decor make up roughly 20% of your budget. And I paired them that way as flowers and decor because really you should think of your entire design budget collectively. Furniture, decor rentals, tablescape rentals, and flowers all dance together to bring your design to life. So if design is a big aspect of your day or a high priority for you, you want to make sure you're looking across the board at these items and see, you know, how you can bring them all together in complement. If your venue has Chivari chairs, great. You can spend more on an install. If you need to rent basic linens, you may need to forego the flower wall. This is where, again, you're going to look at what are your priorities as a bride? What do you want to get out of the day? And you might decide, you know what, I'd rather get a more affordable gown and have better music, or I might want to splurge a little bit more on the table linens. Only you can make those decisions, but you do want to go in eyes wide open, looking at the whole picture, and really, you know, don't stick hard and fast to these rules on the left. These are just averages. We have brides that spend 30 or 40 percent of their budgets just on florals. We also have brides that spend a whopping five percent. They're like, look, all I want is a bouquet and a boutonniere, and I'm out of here. Hey, that's fine. You do whatever works best for you. So I also want to talk about what it is you're paying a florist for. This is really important for me because it is so much more than just flowers. And I really want to represent the floral industry well here so that you realize it's not just flowers that you're buying. So let's start with design. Your wedding is probably going to be roughly 40 hours, give or take, worth of design work for your florist. That might be determining the right shades to complement your bridesmaid dress. Might be determining how to cascade the florals on the fireplace so they invite people to the bar without ruining the antique fireplace. They also might be doing virtual digital mock-ups for you to show you what that big installation you're splurging on might look like. Some weddings are less, some weddings are more, but you are paying your florist for not only their design aesthetic, but also their design time. You are also paying them to source for you. And this is where I think DIYers can really easily, quickly get themselves like, oh, it's so easy. I can just do this from Costco or Trader Joe's. And for the bride that's trying to hold to a budget and wants to do that, more power to you. But sourcing takes time and energy. Do you want to be the person that's going to be driving all across the state if the flowers show up and they're dead? What are you going to do if the blooms come in the wrong color? Or do you know that a bride that wants peonies in August is going to need to order them in from Alaska? Are you willing to drive to five local farms to get uh, the fresh local flowers that the bride wants or to get that perfect anemone? You know, you're probably not going to want to do that. So that's where a lot of time and effort goes into sourcing flowers for your big day. And then once they've been sourced, we get to the third stage, processing. And processing and arranging are such a big component of the actual manual labor involved in your wedding florals. This is time and labor intensive and it requires an actual skill set of designing flowers, 
knowing how to work with them, knowing how to handle them, knowing how to care for them. Most wedding arrangements aren't just, you know, simply throwing things into a vase. It's about the mechanics. It's about knowledge about the STEM varieties. It's about placement and line and depth and color theory. So it is a specialized skill that your florist has, which is why you're paying them to process and arrange your blooms. Next up is delivery and install. And I talked about this a little bit already, but delivery and install is the part where you are buying the time and energy it takes to bring your flowers to your wedding venue and installing them on site. You're paying so that those flowers come directly to you and you're paying the team to get them out on every table and to make sure that that installation is safe and secure and it's not going to blow over in the wind. And of course we have strike and in my case donation. So someone has to come back at the end of the night after your wedding and clean up after the wedding. They have to get all the vases taken down. They have to remove the installation. They have to sweep and clean up after all the flowers. And P.S. Flowers are messy. I also personally process the bulk of flowers from your wedding and I donate them to local charities so that your first act as a husband and wife is giving back to your local community through flowers. So that's something I personally do, but even if you don't have to do it, there's still the task of getting those flowers into the trash can, making sure they're disposed of properly, and cleaning up after the event. And then that leaves that one little item in the middle, the actual flowers themselves. themselves. And the floral industry is in a bit of turmoil right now. We're seeing a lot of different impacts on our supply chain, on the actual farms themselves that grow the flowers, on the delivery and install work that happens to get them to our locations, on the labor involved, and that's all partially because of COVID, but also because of some trickle effects that are happening from that. And right now what that means is that flower prices are all over the place. That doesn't necessarily mean your flowers will automatically cost more. It just means that they might cost something different than what they did two months, six months, or even 12 months ago. So if your florist is trying to price things for you, part of what they're trying to make sure they're covering is what might happen to the price of flowers. I have certain flowers that I love using all the time. You know, six months ago or 12 months ago, one of my favorite roses was only, you know, $2 a stem. Right now, it might cost me $8 a stem. That's happening with peonies right now. I am actually a grower in addition to being a florist. And last year this time, I could buy peonies for $2.50 a stem. Right now, this week, they're $9.66 a stem. So this is just a reminder that on top of all the other things, delivery, strike, processing, arranging, design, sourcing, on top of all of that, we have the actual cost of the flowers themselves. And those costs are fluctuating. And as a small business owner, when the price of flowers increases, I'm not necessarily going to be able to go back to every couple and say, hey, uh, the price is doubled, I need more money. Oftentimes you guys are sticking to a budget too. So we're often going to ask that you give us a little bit of flexibility around making some design substitutions and or, you know, we might have to say like, hey, if you really, really want peonies this year, we might need to re-talk about the price and the budget because 
the floral industry is changing. So the key takeaway there is just talk with your florists, keep in clear communication with them, ask them if you've got any questions, and they'll probably keep you informed as to what's going on. I don't want to make you panic. I just want you to remember there are so many things that you're getting out of your florist when you hire them, and it's not just the cost of flowers. There are so many other factors involved. So as your final takeaway, here are three tips for your floral budget. The first is start with your wedding budget. Determine how important flowers are to your big day and to your design. Once you know what that big picture looks like and you know where flowers rank in your priority, you can determine what your floral budget will be. Secondly, don't be afraid to talk about numbers. Your florist and your planner, if you've got one, need to know what you want to achieve and what you can afford. Don't be afraid to have that conversation. I've bid work for $20,000 budgets and I've bid work for $1,200 budgets. Your florist, I promise, is not going to judge you based on your budget. They may judge you if you want a huge floral wall and your budget is $200. We might judge you for that. But we're not going to judge you based on what your budget is. Your budget is your budget. What we want to do is give you as much of that design and aesthetic style you want at your price point. But you have to tell us what that price point is. And I just want to mention, we also are not going to rip you off just because you have money to spend. So this isn't one of those scenarios where like you might say your budget is $3,000, but you're going to walk in at two in the hopes that we're not going to like run you up to $3,000. That's not how we work. Most of us use pricing formulas based on our wholesale costs, based on our labor rates. So it's really basic for us. It's all a bunch of boring math. So don't think that we're going to charge you $30 for one rose just because you've got a big budget and we would charge somebody else $6 for the same rows. That's not how it works. But, you know, we have to have that honest conversation with you up front. And it isn't about like what your budget is or isn't. It's about what's possible within your budget and what your priorities are. So if you don't give us a number, you got to be prepared to be a little bit shocked by what your flowers are going to cost. And I want to just give you a little bit more information there too. Bridal bouquets in our area, I'm going to give you some numbers because I know you all are patiently waiting and you've been along this long for the ride. You're probably like, okay, but what do things really cost? So I'll start with bridal bouquets. Those usually run between $200 to $500, depending on the designer, their level, their skill, their style, and depending on where you are in the country. Centerpieces are normally in that $125 to $500 range, although larger scale centerpieces are ones that are um, elevated and have excessive blooms, it might be more. And then installations can really range anywhere from like $300 to $3,000. And honestly, even more depending on the size of the installation and the size of the venue. So those flower costs, as much as it seems annoying when somebody's like, oh, the price varies. But really, it does. So I'm going to try and help you. For my site and my pricing, I've got a floral price calculator available on my website that helps our couples get an idea of what their, budget, what their budget might be. Now, it does represent what I call designer's choice, which is where 
I sort of pick whatever's in Bloom locally that I can get or that I can grow. So it's a more affordable product for me. And it's usually farm fresh flowers. Um, so that isn't a good way to gauge if you are a bride that is like what I would consider more of a luxury bride that wants orchids and garden roses and only in this exact shade of dusty rose mauve. The floral calculator is probably not going to help you much, but it is a place to start and you're free to use it to play around, see what you think and get an idea of at least a ballpark entry point for what your floral budget should be based on your bridal party size, your number of tables, etc. So as a general rule for me, if you have four bridesmaids, four groomsmen and 10 tables, you're probably going to spend north of $2,500. If you want an installation, you're going to spend north of $3,500. And there are always so many factors that go into those numbers, what we're renting, the number of guests, what the luxury level is of the blooms. But again, the key point is don't be afraid to talk about it with your florist. Feel free to ask questions, but at the end of the day, some things just cost what they cost. So have the conversation early. Don't be afraid to talk numbers. And last, but certainly not least, Pinterest is your frenemy. So I say that because Pinterest really can help you get your style and vision together. It can help your florist understand your aesthetic, your inspiration, and your color palette. It is so useful for that. I love when brides add me to their boards or send them to me. But I want to caution you, most of those beautiful installations and raised centerpieces you see on Instagram and Pinterest cost thousands of dollars. So I want you to go into Pinterest eyes wide open and manage your expectations a little bit. I want you to keep your Pinterest friend close, but, you know, keep your enemies closer. Make sure you're aware that just because you pinned it doesn't mean it's going to fit within your budget. So on that note, I do want to thank you all for joining me today. Thank you for being in here for the long haul. I know I went a little bit over time, but um, thank you for listening to what I had to say, listening to me ramble on. And uh, thank you for supporting a small locally owned business like mine. Uh, you all make this so worth it for me. You really bring me joy when you, like every time somebody inquires, small businesses like mine are like, yeah! somebody's interested, somebody liked my aesthetic, somebody wants to know more. So, you know, you are really the ones that help us keep going. We love helping you. We love celebrating your love for each other and your big day. And, you know, please remember what I said. Today was meant as a guide, as an intro, as a starting point in a conversation. And in most cases, it's somewhat specific to my area, to my pricing, and to my process. So not every florist is going to work exactly the same way. Not every florist is going to charge the same way. And not every florist is going to design the same way. So like every other vendor you're trying to select right now, do a little bit of research, figure out what works best for you, for your personal style, for your budget, and for your personality. You want to like the florist you're working with. You're going to be working with them a lot. Now, I did want to close out by giving you a little bit of contact information. 
I would encourage you, contact us if you want to explore, explore working with me here at Bold and Blooms. Our calendars are already starting to fill up for 2022. We've got a lot of inquiries in the works right now for next year, and we still have a few dates open for this year too. So go ahead, reach out, go to the website. You'll find our inquiry form there. You can shoot us a note and let us know and ask about your date. Let us know what your vision is, and we'll schedule a meeting. We'll send you a little bit of our brochure. We'll talk through a questionnaire. We'll do a consultation with you complimentary so we can really understand what your design needs are. And I'd also just love if you want to follow me online on Instagram. My username is Beholden Blooms pretty much everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. So if you want to give me a follow, I'm always sharing design inspiration and I try to share content that's helpful for couples. So even if you're not in my area or even if I might not be the right fit for you, I might still have some resources on my Instagram account that might be helpful for you as you navigate this process. You can always email me as well if you have specific questions or you want to talk about a date. But if you've got questions about flowers in general or what to do with something, DMs are probably a better way to reach me. I'm honestly just better at responding to DMs than I am an email. But uh, if you go to beholdenblooms.com, you'll be able to find my floral price calculator, the inquiry form, and I hope those resources are really helpful for you. So thank you, thank you so much for being here today. I hope this session was helpful for you and informative. And yeah, just keep blooming. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.